Welcome to Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, the wonderful private company owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. With Dr. Elsie's support, the Cat Chat Show brings you interviews with cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations, so you can better understand and appreciate your own feline family members. Dr. Elsie's is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my New York Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters starting on Global Cat Day, October 16th, around the country, and will travel nationwide through 2022. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of earlier festivals for free on Tubi TV. This is so exciting to have a chance to talk to a brilliant photographer and book author in Hong Kong, whose name is Marcel Heinen. He has written a number of books. They're really photographic books with extraordinary captions. This one is called Shop Cats of China, and it really changed my whole understanding and idea of the fact that there are not only cats in China, but they seem to be everywhere. And I somehow thought there really weren't very many cats in China. Marcel, welcome to the show and congratulations on this beautiful book, which I understand is not even the first book of photographs and captions that you have done about about cats in, let's say, Far East Asia. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on the show. When did you have this realization, you must be a cat lover, because you seem to have seen cats in places where even in the photographs, which are so beautiful, it takes a moment to think, Where's the cat? So you must have been seeing cats wherever you went around China and you live in Hong Kong. You must have been seeing them when other people may not even have noticed them. Is that possible? That, that is possible. Um, I think people here are quite aware of the phenomenon of having cats in stores. Um, and I discovered it by fluke because I happened to move to an area that was kind of kind of being gentrified late 2015 it's called Sai Ying Pun in Hong Kong and there's a lot of these uh, I mean besides the fact that there were coffee places coming up and galleries and things like that um, there's a lot of traditional stores there specifically with uh, dried seafood which is used in all kinds of cuisine cooking and uh, Chinese medicine and and those items are actually quite valuable and mice and rats love these kind of uh, items here, yeah, the, uh, the the shop owners, they put a cat in the store because it's simply, you know, they're being practical. It's effective. Actually, the, not only does the cat sometimes catch the, the mouse or the rats, but I think, uh, and this is what I learned through doing the project, the, the, the smell, the very smell of the cat, the scent of the cat that comes from their paws is like a repellent for, for vermin. How so, extraordinary. That's amazing. Now, I live very briefly well, three or four or five months in Hong Kong, back oh. when it was 
I guess, the heyday, you might say, or maybe the end of the heyday. Maybe it was the swan song of Hong Kong. So it would have been uh, 19, I don't know, 80, 78 or 79. I thought that there, and I went only a little bit into China at that time, nobody was welcome in China. It was, you know, quite closed, mm. not like it became, uh, I guess you could say pre-COVID. And, and Hong Kong is obviously completely transformed. But I, I didn't think that cats were liked or welcomed or embraced. And yet your yeah. book has them in the most amazing settings. When you say traditional stores, can you talk a little bit about what Hong Kong is like now? You obviously didn't know before mainland Chinese took it over, or, or maybe you did. But did. is there... Some, since the late 90s. Sorry, sorry, since the late 80s. No. Ah. <laughs> I've lived here in, um, I lived here for three years in the mid 90s, exactly when China was taking over. So I'm pretty familiar with the before and after China taking over. And how has it, other than, you know, the the period of, of extreme revolutionary behavior, if you will, before that, because we all saw that imagery and disturbing situation, but, but before that, did it, you talk about traditional stores, do these traditional stores and shops and places to buy um, unusual or for the or perhaps for the local people very usual ingredients? Did they remain the same? Did it not change very much? In a, yeah. perhaps in a good sense? Yeah, it didn't change very much. Um, there is always that perception that Hong Kong is is going through a lot of changes, and it yes. is a city changes and it's a very resilient city so i mean even when you were saying hong kong hey hong kong's heyday is behind it i'm, I'm not even sure if that's true um uh, but yeah the, the, there's an element of hong kong that is not really generally advertised in in, in the articles we see and uh, and the media because we all look at the glitzy skylines yes. or we see yes. protests things like that mm -hmm. which was a, a certain period but um uh, yeah, there's uh, there's also uh, a lot of st traditional streets selling selling things that they've been selling probably uh, for you know, decades, and that hasn't changed very much. I think the only thing that is changing in that particular neighborhood where more, most of the cats are is that uh, late 2015, the MTR was extended to that area, and and that comes with you know property prices going up. Uh, youngsters moving in gentrification, basically. So, so what I've been capturing a little bit is uh, is something that is changing, but I also feel it is not that rapid. I, I still go to that area a lot, and it's still predominantly dried seafood shops, and there are now a couple of cafes in it too. And and there's vegetable stores, and there's people doing mending, sitting on little stools in the in the yeah. street. I I think the the sense that and and this book, Shop Cats of China, is China. You also did one, mainland China. You also did one on Hong Kong, Shop Cats yeah. of, of let's, Hong let's Kong. Those two things, because yeah, I'm based in Hong Kong, and I've done a couple of books on Hong Kong, and then I signed this publishing deal with Thames and Hudson, and and we decided together to make mainland China a separate book. Well, it so, makes me want to go to these places. Yeah, They're yeah, so, it's so beautiful. And, yeah. and feels like timeless, timeless and deeply culturally rich, a place that you want to learn more about and see and it, just exotic in a welcoming sort of way. 
but, yes, the, yes. but the way you've caught these cats and the wide variety of what cats look like in China, yes, you know, you yes. look at street dogs anywhere in the world, which there aren't street dogs in China, but in countries where there are street dogs, and they all wind up looking very, very similar across the world. But yes. these cats who are all street cats, and I doubt that there's much spaying and neutering, but I, I'm curious to know about that. The variety of their head shapes, their coloration, their eye color, their their coats is wonderful variety. Did, did that strike you? Well, it must have struck you as well because you got all these incredible photographs of them. But it is yeah. quite amazing, isn't it? It's very amazing. Um, but first of all, they, they aren't really street cats. These are actually owned by oh, the right. Good point. So, and they're generally well taken care of because they they are seen as a you know a very practical. It's almost like an an employee in a way. They help keeping. <laughs> um, I I must say the difference between Hong Kong and China was that it, indeed in China I, I'm, I found much more of a range of different types of cats, but that's also because I traveled all over really. So I went to small cities in Guangdong province. I went to Fujian, I went to bigger cities, I went even to Beijing and Shanghai, where in the old neighborhoods you can also still find cats. And China is is, is a huge country, of course, so it oh, kind yes. of makes that, that you get very different uh, kind of animals in there. And, and you can see even, you know, there's a couple of uh, relatively posh stores. There's, I don't know if you remember, there's an image with, with a large Buddha statue with a, with a very pedigree cat just yes. sitting in Buddha. Yes. And these people, they, they have them almost more as pets and, and a little bit of entertainment for their customers, I think. So there, there's a whole range of, uh, of, of cats there, indeed. The, the, the captions that come with the photos are so winsome and whimsical and philosophical and mysterious. Did that come naturally to you? I, I just think of a picture of a cat who looks inc like an incredible purebred, call it a ragdoll kind of looking cat compared mm -hmm. to a purebred cat that we might know, in a most beautiful setting, gray with great markings and a kind of weathered wood behind her. And and the the layout of the book is so gorgeous. The photos are fantastic. I think China does some still of the of the greatest printing of photographic books in the world. And on the left, it says, I wear my heart on my face, heavy with confusion. My frown is my crown. It's does beautiful. this kind of writing come totally naturally to you? Or does it take you an incredibly long time to write what are almost little haikus, the wrong word, little poems, little, they capture the essence of these cats. Yes. Um, first of all, haiku is not the wrong word. These are haiku. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, these are haiku. Um, but they are not written by me. So, ah. uh, yeah, if you look in the, in, in the front of the book, uh, it's probably described. There's a good friend of mine. His name is Ian Rowe. He is originally from Singapore. He lives in Australia now. And he's a, he's a cat owner and a haiku writer and, and, and just a, a, yeah, a very deep and funny person. And um, he, when he first saw my, my series, when I just posted a couple of photos on, on social media, um, he really liked them. And I, and I remember that he used to write little haiku poems from the point of view of his own cats. <laughs> so I've invited him to, to collaborate with me and we collaborated on, on, uh, on, on two or three books by now. So um, he's been my, 
my regular writer and and yeah it's also for me it's fantastic to 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 not have to write the captions because you know i do the photo yes. and then somebody else kind of distill what what they get out of it and and i think they're fantastic indeed and it it, it almost makes you relook at the photographs absolutely absolutely the way of, mm-hmm. of looking at this book is you'll see the photo first because that's where your where your eyes will go right. and you that then you'll read the haiku and then you'll see the photo in a slightly different angle and light again. Well, well, I'm glad that some of my education from whenever made me think it was a haiku and then thinking, well, it couldn't be because Marcel did it and he's a photographer. Of course, it, it's actually very small print that gives him credit and I somehow missed it. And often yeah. somebody will be the, the sole visionary of a book like this. I think the way you've worked together is amazing. There's one that that really struck me is one of the most extraordinary photographs. It's two men and a woman uh, slurping up some noodles or something out of bowls on a folding table, sitting on little brightly colored plastic stools with so many red lanterns of every kind of shape hanging above. And at first you don't see the kitty. You see this profusion of red uh, lanterns. It's so beautiful. And the haiku is hilarious and does make you stop and think. And then you see this little white kitty with with like a black hood on. Uh, I mean, that's her marking. Snake, dragon, monkey, sheep, dog, pig. Why is there no year of the cat? It's great. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so great. It makes you think, yeah, why isn't there? (laughs) This book makes me feel I've taken a trip. But it also makes me want to take the trip. I would yeah. love to go. I think it'd be an incredible way to visit someplace, any place, but particularly a place with so much rich visual imagery and, and life to it and, and differences of settings. And just look for one thing. Look for cats. What would yeah, that be that, like? Uh, you know, And that's what you've done. Just anywhere yeah. you go, where is a cat? And yeah. it's, it's quite amazing how many you found. And mm. I must say, again, partially with misinformation, although some of it information, because for a while I was doing a podcast show called Tales from China, spelled like tales for, for dogs and cats. Um, and it was speaking with a, a woman who runs a, the only international veterinary center in Beijing. And my understanding was that cats had been to some extent, eradicated, that some building complexes had cats as ratters or anti-vermin, but that to some extent, cats had kind of been wiped out. But that that must be wrong. There's all these cats. They can't be wiped out. These people are cherishing them. Yeah. um, Yes, indeed. Like, and well, it's, First of all, what you what you what you talked about indeed just now is like the the, the visual richness and and uh, and you described that photo and that's exactly what has been for me like been a joy to to travel into China with a mission yes. on a mission yes to things and also I mean as you see in the photographs I, my my photos aren't really about cats they are no. a little bit yes I'm more uh, I use the cat more almost as an excuse to photograph a scene to photograph the beauty of, of these old traditional places uh, in a lot of Chinese cities the development is so quick that these places may not be there as, as they exist now because they get taken over by urbanization and new buildings so it's it's in a way a homage to the the older slower life um, 
And you're right, this, uh, my impression from going into China in the 90s, which was probably my first times, mid-90s, I would go to a city like Guangzhou, and very nearby to Hong Kong, and there were shocking markets where you could buy, of course, dog meat, right. snakes. But you could, you could actually, they had cages of adult cats that were sold alive, um, just like rabbits and, and, and chickens. Chickens, right. Um, as for consumption. So my impression was always, yeah, cat is almost like a, a food over there. And, and I seen in the 90s, sometimes you would go to a restaurant where in some restaurants you would have a fish tank where you can pick your lobster or your large fish. And outside of the shop, there would be a large rat and a rabbit and a cat sitting there. Oh my goodness. And I must say, in in my recent travels in China, I've seen none of that anymore. In some further afield areas in China, you can still see dogs sometimes being sold as meat. I don't see cats anymore. And and cities like Guangzhou have completely uh, completely uh, reformed in a way. So um, transformed. Yes, or um, both reformed and transformed. Isn't so that. So really, cat was eaten, and now eaten. less so I, to the point I, of nothing, and dogs as well. It's amazing how perhaps it's a Western influence or attitude, apparently on a younger generation that is that understands a different sort of relationship with cats and dogs. But it does go to the point of, you know, if you are picking a lobster out of a tank, then is it so terribly different? And in France and Italy and Western kind of countries, you buy live rabbits or chickens. So you know they're really fresh when you take them home and kill them. And that isn't as horrifying to some of us as a dog or a cat. But let, let's wrap up on a much more positive note. We've run out of time. This book yeah. is wonderful. The beautiful thing is that you and Tamsin Hudson – your publisher are giving a copy of this book to all of the the filmmakers at the Cat Film Festival at the New York Cat Film Festival in New York. The premiere. I'm going to be able to give them each a copy of this book. I hope it inspires them all to make movies, more movies with cats in them. Congratulations, Marcel! I look forward to more beautiful books from you. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and affection for cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which has broken new ground by creating a healthy, dry, and canned food for kitties called Clean Protein, which is inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but Clean Protein is the first dry cat food I believe can be a healthy choice if you want to feed dried food, even as part of your kitty's diet.